Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to episode 387 of Geek Time Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm back with... Daryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, hot. <laughs> the sooner we get through this, the sooner we can turn the fans back on. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yes, we're suffering through this. We just like have to turn all the fans on. I'm glad we're like-mind on this. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. It's uh, it's warm today, I think it's fair to say. But other than melting, what else have you been up to? <laughs> I have been watching Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. Right. Um, which the easiest way for us UK people to get access to that would be heading onto Crunchyroll and grabbing yourself a premium or doing their 14-day free trial. Yes, Crunchyroll's not one I've really used at all. I'm where it's out there, but I don't do anime that much. So. <laughs> I use it a bit, and it's sort of a fair price. But yeah, you do need to know anime is something I think you should probably go into with like a list of maybe six or seven that you're going to try. Yeah. It's the quietest. I've been watching it for years. Yeah. But I've been a big fan of Gundam. And if you don't know, Gundam, to make it really, really, really simple, they're mecha, which are big robots that look like, you know, human-shaped robots that in universe they use for everything so where you might use workers you use a Gundam where you might use a car transport you use Gundams and so on and so forth it's set in lots of different worlds because each show is sort of a fresh spin on the idea but what it comes down to is generally it's all about politics war and the sort of nature of the human condition it tends to go a bit Game of Thrones into quite a few seasons right. with various entities facing off against each other what you need to know is that the Gundam is so much more powerful than any other sort of mech that's around because the other ones are just generic soldiers yeah so think of it like Captain America versus Grunts right yeah yeah so he would just stomp like 60 of them all day in Gundam Witch from Mercury we follow this young girl from Mercury who comes to this school which is run by this massive conglomerate the students there are sponsored and we sort of see her she joins because it seems like she lived not alone but probably as the only child in the facility where she grew up so she has all these ideas of things that she wants to do when she moves into this school like you know make friends go on dates have fun crack jokes all sorts of just yeah. like a list and she's sort of thrown into this. And like all good sort of anime school things, it's all super serious and all taken very, very serious. The rule of the school is any sort of discord issues are done through duels, where you duel with your mech versus their mech. Right. All the simplest things. Like I know, like you're walking down the thing and you bump somebody. And yep, that's a duel right there <laughs> with that person who loses, literally has to apologize because that's literally one of the storylines is divorces someone having to apologize. And we sort of follow that. And so, for people who know Gundam know yeah this is only the start of it and we find out here 
you know, this, well, because of, this is all set in space and we're literally moving to a school which is on an asteroid space station thing. In this world, Gundams were banned a number of years ago, let's say about 20 years ago, because because Gundams are so much better than everything else, what they do is they have a more direct connection to the person right. who is piloting them, and unfortunately it takes a toll and basically was killing people. Right. So they were banned for that reason. Literally the people who piloted them, they were hunted down. The people who were responsible for what they call the gun format, which is a very special way that their operating system works, they will basically try to exterminate them all. And so this girl comes in with what is clearly a Gundam, because Gundams have a very certain look, the face of them, so you can always tell. And so we sort of go from there. And it goes for season. The second season is currently airing in the US. I think it's 10 episodes, I think. Okay. It's interesting. It's different from most of the Gundams. It's the first time we've had a female lead for Gundam, because generally it's just young men. Yeah. Sometimes like adults, but generally starting as teenagers. Yeah. It's very, very half comedy. But anyone knows Gundam knows it. just because it starts that way, it definitely won't end that way. So it's interesting. And it's just, it's nice to get into it because Gundam's come along every like four or five years with like two seasons where it will tell a full story. Like I remember the last one, which is called Gundam Iron Balorphans, which is basically about sort of like disposable workers. Right. And it followed them when they found a Gundam that they used for themselves. So yeah, it's good. If you have Crunchyroll, it's definitely something to add to your watch list. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it, maybe it's worth signing up for 14 days to check it out. It's literally about 20 minutes worth per episode. Yeah, certainly if you're an anime fan, Crunchyroll is something that is definitely worth looking at, I would have said. Yes. Um, I mean, it's a a streaming service which is entirely dedicated to anime, so definitely would be one that is worth looking at if you're into your anime stuff. I only know bits and pieces about Gundam because Bex has talked about it and uh, there's a video when she went over to Japan on her YouTube page mm-hmm. where she actually they have a huge full-size Gundam model yes. yeah, they do. which she sort of stood underneath it and she's small anyway so you know <laughs> I don't know a huge about not really watched any of it but that does sound very cool so yes uh, worth looking at, at Crunchyroll if you like anime when I was the last time I was talking about Departure Season 1 which I had been watching mm-hmm. and I went on pretty quickly after that to Departure Season 2 Yes. Also, Departure follows the head of a sort of National Transportation Safety Board type person mm-hmm. based in the UK. Uh, this time, she is brought over to the, well, yeah, she's brought over to the US following a America-Canada train accident where they have this new super-duper train, which has sort of been around for uh, maybe like a year or so. It's not very long. Mm-hmm. Um, new high-speed train crashes in rural Michigan, and she's brought in to head up the investigation. The first episode, we just basically see it happen, which is quite tragic, actually. It's quite more affecting than you might think. Yeah. Something like that, because you see everyone, you get an idea of everybody's story. And we learned there are a few survivors. And basically, we try to find out how did it happen and why did it happen. And for people like me who watched Departure Season 1, we know it's all about conspiracy because that's yes, sort of the hallmark of the show. Yeah, it's yeah. deep, massively tango conspiracy. I really like the show. I think one way we like the show is because it's not like a procedural because we're literally investigating one thing. Yeah. It feels a little more r- real to life when they go down a line of investigation and they find out it's not that's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. Where if you're watching Law and Order or something, you just guess about who the guest star is and go, he did it. Yeah. He's, he's the most high profile.
profile actor around. Yeah. It sort of takes a lot of the fun out of it. Whereas this, you literally do not know what's going on. Yeah. So you have to sit there carefully and follow every single idea. Yeah. Because of the fact that there are only six episodes for each season, they have, I think, more in common with the sort of short run British series that yeah. it, from, from the plotting point of view uh-huh. than they do with your sort of big American procedurals. So it's a nice kind of balance of those things. You know, it has that sort of Americanish feel to it, but plotting wise and story wise, it feels much more like a sort of British TV show, which is quite nice. Yeah, well, it does seem to be, well, especially the first season felt definitely more joint. Yes. So I assume it is a UK or at least Europe and US cast yeah. guru. It is a kind of, um, I mean, technically Canadian, but it's very much a European group effort thing. It's one where there's about five different companies involved. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure what was happening with season three as well, which uh, season three takes place in a boat because, you know, we've done planes, now trains, now boats. Season four in space? <laughs> yes, season four in space. They have now got Canadian air date for that, which is coming on the 7th of yeah. August. So hopefully it won't be too long after that before it ends up over here. It usually airs a few months after the Canadian air date. So I'm hoping it will probably come back in autumn at some point over here on Sky Witness. But I've really enjoyed the first couple of seasons of that. I thought season two was excellent as well. Season three has Eric McCormack from Will and Grayson various other things in there as well he joins the cast for season three so yeah, yeah season two i thought was was solid like you say it's a, it's a good kind of a detective story i guess because your mystery story anyway the big wig sort of joining season two will probably be wendy Crewson, very famous clean actress and all the things she plays a politician who's running for election yes uh, sort of uses a crash to her thing but yeah she is pretty well known you've, you've definitely seen her in something if you're TV watcher. And next one would be David Hewlett, who you might remember from yes. Stargate Atlantis. Yes, um, plays a very different sort of role here. Yeah. Um, it's quite a good little role. I like his character journey, which is crazy because you think, how could someone have a journey in six episodes? But the way these things are plotted and tightly written, that's what happens. Yeah. Well, I'm Jason O'Mara, who we know from that dinosaur show, which I always forget the name of as soon as I want to try and remember it. And also he turns up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And probably the other one that immediately I recognize was Kelly McCormack, who was in Kill joys but is also pretty well known yeah. young Canadian actress who pops up in all things oh and Donald Logue plays your sheriff yes who, you know SVU fans might recognise yes or yes. Gotham fans yes Gotham I know him from various cons as well we've seen him yeah and Christopher Plummer's in this and I think it's one of his last roles I, I think it is his last role actually season 2 was his last on screen performance unfortunately but uh, yeah I would say easily as good as the first season and <laughs> I'm looking forward to season 2 whenever it makes its way around yeah us. season 3 should be really good as I say I don't have a date for it yet but it is out in August in Canada so chances are it will drop over here probably in the autumn sometime but uh, I think the first two seasons are up on now to watch over here I think so yeah oh so next thing is Crush which is a Hulu movie in the US over here obviously we see it on Disney Plus yes I make the distinction because what Hulu makes is very different to what you'll generally see on Disney Plus yes Hulu is much more of a hard 50 teen centred more than family oriented sort of thing it's definitely the case with its film and basically it's an aspiring young artist joins her high school track team and later discovers what real love feels like when she finds herself falling for an unexpected teammate give a little more complex we meet this girl a bit of an outsider strangely like best friends who would arguably one of the most popular kids in school 
She is out as a gay woman, and she has a crush on Daphne the Butterfly the Girl in school. And it's one of those classic comedy crushes where she literally can't speak in her presence. <laughs> During our meeting of her, the school situation, we find out that there's a sort of a Banksy light character running around putting up funny little puns, artwork all across the school. Because she's pretty much known as an artist, the principal decides it's her and threatens to expel her, which would, of course, ruin her plans of applying to an art school, which she's right. currently working on. And the way she gets around it is by joining the track team and promising to find out who the real person is. And also the track team just happens to be captained by the girl that she's had the crush on. Right. And so the cast is Rowan Blanchard, which you remember from Girl Meets World, which is pretty much the thing I know her from. She popped up in the Goldbergs as well, and she's in Snowpiercer. Oh, okay. I also stars Auli Cavajo, which she's just in The Power. Right, yes, the uh, Prime Video series, yes. You've got Aziz Manfi, who you remember from Evil. Yes, Evil, and was on The Daily Show for a long time as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And Meg Mullally. You and Paul Grace. Ah, she yes. plays the mother of the main character, which is Paige. It's pretty fun. There's more than a lot of crude jokes in there. There's sort of a running thing that the main character's mother is very much an oversharer about her still being a young and active young woman, if you get what I mean. <laughs> right. And it gets worse where she sets her sights on the track coach. Um, but yes. yeah, it's pretty fun. But overall, it's pretty funny. You sort of see where things are going, but all in all, I think it's handled well. And it's not something I've seen before. I've definitely not seen sort of a teen LGBT movie like this like a rom-com yeah it's just fun I definitely recommend it if you've got your Disney Plus subscription going add it to your watch list yes it looks quite good it's called Crush good cast in there as well so yes definitely one to look out yeah excellent cast of different stars so last thing is Street Fighter 6 which came out on the second yes next iteration of Street Fighter obviously which is a fighting game which means you choose one character and you beat each other until unconsciousness <laughs> and it's not the buddy one it's the other one in case you're wondering which one it is yes although there's more Come is on the horizon soon. But yeah, I've been a fan of the Street Fighter franchise. This is Street Fighter 2, all those decades ago. Yes. Tournaments for Street Fighter 4 and 5. So yeah, I put in my pre-order for this game and I've been playing. It's been good so far. Obviously, people outside of the business might not know, but Street Fighter 5 had a horrific opening. Right. Um, it sort of launched with a distinct lack of content. Ah. What happened here was that Capco sort of saw what they did wrong and definitely made a concerted effort for that not to happen again. Yes. So there's a lot of content. There's this single one-player game where you make your own avatar and you run around Metro City where it's roughly set and you can go learning how to fight from the various characters in the game. Mm. Quite involved in this. I believe it's, it's like a 20 or 30-hour campaign that you can do. Oh, wow. That will give access to certain amounts of credits and things which you can then spend in-game for outfits for your avatar or outfits for the actual characters in the game. It's like... Well, colors, not necessarily outfits, but colors for right. the outfits. So there's that. There's a sort of a battle hub area where you can take your avatar again. You can walk around on their arcade machines <laughs> where you can literally sit down and wait for a game wow. or spectate on games. Obviously, there's also like a training mode system, which is very important. So you can do things like you can set the what we call a CPU character just to do the things so you can learn how to play the game, learn how to counter specific circumstances. Very well implemented. Graphics are great. I haven't had a massive amount of time on it. I 
probably say I've maybe had about 15 hours on it at most. But yeah, I'm liking what I see so far. I myself got it on the PC just because one of the other things that happened in the, in the last one is there was a lot of issues between versions of the game. Mm. So like the Xbox version was running faster slower than the PS4 version, which is running faster slower than the PC version. Right. And it became a bit of a nightmare after a time. So I just went for the PC version. It's one of the main reasons why I updated my PC like a year and a half ago. Right. It's fun so far. It has a new sort of fighter mechanic, which is driving some pro players absolutely insane. <laughs> I was watching a few rants this morning on YouTube watching like a fighter game pro just rant about the style of gameplay at the moment which is to be expected because it's the beginning of the game it takes years for these games to get refined down to the top of the top cool I've not picked that up I don't play that many straight sort of fighting games but uh, the, the reviews of that have been fantastic I mean it's been getting sort of over 90% pretty much across the board so you know <laughs> that's that's really good that I mean we're so used to AAA games falling flat on their face when they're released yeah. these days uh, so I, I'm glad that seems to have come out of a reasonable launch. We have got a lot more gaming stuff coming up this week because there, there is a huge amount of games things that were announced this week as well. But before we get to any of that, on TV on my side of things, one thing ended off this week, Manifest, that finally came to its overall yeah. conclusion. I like what they did with the end of that. I mean, I it, thought, yeah, I thought it, was it, it was a little bit sort of come by our everybody came together all right. But, you know, I mean, I think it's still pretty satisfying how they actually ended it. It reminded me of like Battlestar Galactica's ending and it was one of those I did not see this coming. Yeah, yes. But I'm here for it. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, and I thought they manoeuvred everybody into a reasonable enough way of leaving them in a nice place. I think it is a happy ending. I think you're not giving anything away saying that. Mm -hmm. It's a good, satisfying ending to it and having been on the journey for sort of four seasons with these people, I'm I'm glad that they managed Mm -hmm. to sort of land it reasonably well. So so that's been good. Definitely shout out to Holly Taylor for having a hell of a role and a hell of a character journey going from scared little girl in the cage to megalomaniac. Yes, an interesting character turn that one was. Yeah, Yeah, certainly. Well acted, well cast. Mm. It gets a bit bonkers and over the top at times, but I really, really, really rather enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, good fun series. And annoyingly, the first three seasons over in the UK are are on Sky and the full season because Netflix saved it is on Netflix. So got to split them across the two, but it is all available somewhere if you want to go and check that out silo i'm still watching as well which is shaping up to be a really really solid apple tv plus series continuing to enjoy that the other thing which i'm still working through as well is poker face which i talked a little bit i think about last week it's the new show from ryan johnson the guy behind the knives out movies and star wars the last jedi stars natasha leon as charlie who is basically a human lie detector it's pretty much Columbo for Gen X slash Millennials. I mean, it's so structured like if you know the old TV show Columbo. It is so structured like an episode of Columbo. It's ridiculous. The first half of the episode, you see a murder being committed or a crime being committed. Then halfway through the episode, Charlie, which is Natasha's character appears and she's either sort of just rolled into town or she's been there all along but you're now seeing the events kind of replay from her point of view and 
because she's got this innate ability to know when people are lying, she gets involved in whatever's going on in that particular town and ends up solving the murder. It's dark, funny, brilliantly well plotted, really, really enjoyable. And I'm so enjoying working through that. It's been a really good series so far. I'm about halfway through, maybe slightly over at the moment. So that I've been really enjoying. The other thing that I started last week, which aired, was The Idol, which I, I'm sure you're familiar with this series. Oh, yes. This is just a couple of people we viewed this afternoon when I was listening to the radio. Yes. So from Sam Levinson, it's people behind Euphoria. If you like Euphoria, it's very much in that same vibe with the same, if not higher level of adult content than Euphoria had. It focuses on Jocelyn, who's played by Lily Rose Depp, who is an aspiring pop idol who previously had a nervous breakdown which caused her last tour to be cancelled. She's resolved to reclaim her title as the sexiest pop star in America and she's out at a club one night and ends up in this relationship with a guy who is a sort of club owner stroke self-help guru and he has this sort of mysterious past and that's played by The weekend, and it becomes about the sort of relationship between the two of those. So, I mean, I've only seen the first episode, but you get the feeling that there is a little bit of sort of, I mean, it's not the life of Britney Spears, but they're obviously pulling on that sort of stuff of somebody trapped under a particular management style. There's possibly some Nixium type cult stuff going on in there as well it's surprisingly funny in places partly due to the cast as well because you've got people like Hank Azaria in there who plays her manager he's trying to keep everything on track but things get very wayward in places she lives in this huge mansion with her best friend who is also her personal assistant the conversations are extremely funny between the sort of management people and the performance by Lily Rose Depp has this sort of slightly out there pop star I think works really well The weekend comes across as extremely untrustworthy which I think is what you want but yeah I enjoyed the opening episode it is not for the faint of heart not one to watch with your parents in the room there is a lot of flesh on display at various points in this show but overall it is well put together and well written and I have been quite enjoying it so um, it is going out weekly the first episode is up on Sky Atlantic right now and then it's going out Monday nights so uh, you can go and catch that over there but that's the idol the other thing which i've had some previews of is star trek strange new worlds which i have actually seen the first six episodes although i'm not going to talk about the first six episodes because that will get me in a lot of trouble the first episode is due out later this week speaking in general terms about the season so far it takes a few episodes to sort out the strands that they left over from the end of last season the sort of major plot point spoilers for the end of season one but the arrest of number one they don't dive straight into that into the opening episode they actually deal more with that in the second episode and i think part of the reason for that is because it's a bit more courtroomy that second episode whereas the first episode is a bit more action-based so you end up in this odd position where the first episode is more action-based but they sort of sideline pike a little bit i mean he is in it but not all that much and pike and number one aren't in that episode very much it's far more about spock and it's spock going off on a mission with the enterprise it's a little odd to get that as the sort of opening and i sort of get why they probably did it that way around like i say i think they want 
wanted a big action thing to open the new season. But it is a bit odd that you get that and then you get this second episode, which is the sort of resolve of the season one plotline. It does then eventually sort of go more into the episodic thing that we had in the first season, whereas you kind of go through the other episodes after that. Uh, mm-hmm. But strong again from what i've seen performances are great i'm loving the character that carol kane plays who is called pella who is brought in as the new chief engineer on the ship she's very very interesting and gives them an opportunity to almost play with the sort of gynan side of things that they had with next generation there's a certain element of that although she's much more caustic i would say than than kind of was she plays the character brilliantly it's a character that's been around let's say but carol kane is amazing in that and i think will be loved by fans i hope because i thought she's brilliant in that role that arrives later this week on paramount plus go and check it out it's really good you saw the first season of this didn't you i did yeah it's a great show surpassed my expectations I'm happy to see more very much the spiritual successor to the original series very much has that feel as I say it takes a couple of episodes to sort of get back into that weekly episode thing contained stories but still great episodes in those opening things as well that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. And there are actually some cancellations this week. There haven't been for a couple of weeks, but they've they've got the axe out again. Young Rock has been cancelled at NBC. So that has now gone. Dwayne Johnson's not having a great time at the moment. He's had a number of projects cancelled and stopped and stuff. Grand Crew has also been cancelled at NBC. That's because they've picked up a new show called St. Dennis Medical, which is from the people behind Superstore. So uh, it's another comedy. So it looks like they're probably going to go with that and American Auto. They haven't said whether they are taking American Auto yet or not, but both of those are from Justin Spitzer, who previously did Superstore. So it seems that they're probably going to go with those two. But uh, Young Rock and Grand Crew both cancelled at NBC. Grand Crew was the lowest rated show on the network, so that's not a great surprise. Uh, Young Rock was fairly middling, so unfortunate. I rather enjoyed that show. It's a show but Perry Mason has been cancelled after two seasons at HBO apparently which was sort of surprising decent quality drama I didn't get on with it particularly well did you see any of that? I didn't no I tried really tried to get in through the first couple of episodes but really struggled with it just very very slow for me and I mean I I don't necessarily need something that's like whiz bang fast paced but that was glacially slow in places Walker Independence is officially dead. The spin-off from Walker after it failed to find a new home. That's another CW show, which is definitely not coming back. And over in the UK, both the BBC and Channel 4 have had the axes out for a whole bunch of different things. Most of it's sort of reality game showy type stuff. But Eat Well for Less, Shop Well for Less and Shop Well for the Planet all canned at the BBC. So all that is gone. SAS Who Dares wins the civilian edition of that as been canned at Channel 4, although the celebrity version is going to carry on going. They had a revival of the reality series for weddings. That's now not happening. And Kirsty's Handmade Christmas apparently has also been cancelled. Also announced today they've cancelled Rescue Extreme Medics after two seasons. I don't think I've watched any of those, but there are a lot of the reality TV stuff gone, which is kind of interesting because it's usually reality TV stuff that sticks around for ages and not in this case. So that's all disappeared. Moving 
on to the renewals. One from across the pond, Sullivan's Crossing has been renewed for a second season by the CW and CTV, which is the original Canadian broadcaster. But I think CW oh. are now funding it as well, I think, from the second season by the sounds of it. So that will be coming back for a second season. That was from, what was the other show? You- Virgin River, the same um, the same yes. writer who's also producer. Yeah. It's on both projects. That's along right. With so, the creative team as well. Yeah, so uh, same people that do Virgin River on Netflix. Haven't got a UK broadcaster for that yet, but you never know. It may pop up somewhere, but that's Sullivan's Crossing. And uh, Anton Deck's Limitless Win is returning for a third season, so that will be coming back on uh, ITV if you're uh, a fan of that show. Hiccups and other news. Grantchester Season 8 doesn't have an air date yet. Well, it has an air date on PBS Masterpiece in America. ITV haven't released an air date for it yet, but America has. And I reached out to ITV and said, they've given an air date, are they going to air it first? And they said, no, we're the originating broadcasters. We are going to air it first. That means it's coming out in America on the 9th of July. ITV have released their air dates up until the 24th of June. So it has to land at some point between the 24th of June and the 9th of July. So somewhere over that couple of week period, it will pop up. Just don't know exactly when yet. We may find a date out later this week, but that's Grandchester season eight, so it should be back soon. Hudson and Rex season five, that does have an air date, 25th of June on Alibi. That returns at 7pm and it's going to have double bills as well. So uh, 20 episodes, I think, this season. 10 weeks of Hudson and Rex for you to get through. Lincoln Lawyer has an air date as well, 6th of July for part one of that. It's They're doing this, splitting it in two parts again. Part two is coming on the 3rd of August but part one will be on the 6th of July do you see that series because I really enjoyed the first season of that I haven't I haven't heard of it though it is worth going to look up Lincoln Lawyer feels kind of CBS network TV like but it's on Netflix but it's got that sort of procedurally sort of comedy procedural dramedy vibe to it of a sort of CBS network show but yeah very enjoyable that so um, 6th of July for that Men in Kilts a road trip with Sam and Graham Rat returns to Lionsgate Plus. That's on the 11th of August. And Star Wars Ahsoka has a premiere date. That's coming now on the 23rd of August. That is landing, they've announced. So that is good news. So before we get into any more TV, though, there has been a lot of game news around this week, basically because this week would have been E3 until Xbox, PlayStation, and everybody else all decided to pull out of E3. So they basically didn't have a show and they cancelled it but what they have done is they've done a lot of presentations online so there's been a huge amount of game announcements i'm not going to go through all of them but there were some key ones that sort of stood out to me which i I thought i'd mention star wars outlaws which is the first ever open world star wars game that's set between the event of empire strikes back and return of the jedi that's you out in 2024 and it revolves around an outlaw basically a sort of rogue character which looks like it could be really quite fun. It's coming from Ubisoft. We don't know much about it other than the trailer that they dropped. Ubisoft, who are making it, do have their own presentation later this week. So it's quite possible we'll find out a bit more there. 
Uh, City Skylines 2 now has a release date of October 24th, which I'm hugely looking forward to because that's a, a sort of follow-up to City Skylines 1, which I have played obsessively and it's a SimCity basically game, but that's brilliant. Uh, Spider-Man 2, that has got an October 20th release date. That's for PS5. They haven't announced the PC release date for it yet, but uh, it'll be October 20th on PS5. Mortal Kombat is out later this year that's it's called mortal kombat one so they're clearly going back to a new version it's a a sort of a restart yeah um if you were familiar with the storyline of mortal kombat as it goes through the ages you'll understand but yeah it's very complicated yes Um, there is a trailer out for that and they've not given an exact date but that's out later this year they have said Uh, another classic coming back sonic superstars which is an interesting one it's it's a 2d platformer in the form of the classic sonic games it's coming in autumn 2023 graphically it's obviously all been updated and has a sort of 3d look to it but it is a 2d platformer Mm -hmm. in exactly the classic sort of sonic game look they also announced Star Trek Infinite, which is a grand strategy game. It's coming from Paradox, who know a thing or two about grand strategy games. They've made quite a lot of them. Full reveal for that is coming later this week on the 16th. Don't know any more about it other than the trailer, which shows a galaxy-class starship flying up to a board cube, basically. But we'll find out more about that later this week. Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. That's coming in autumn 2023. Uh, this looked quite interesting. It's it's sort of a bit like, if you know the game Deep Rock Galactic, it's a survival crafting adventure game in the fourth age of Middle Earth, and it's the dwarves going back to Moria, digging out and trying to sort of revive Moria, basically. So it's a kind of a crafting building game, but that looks like it could be quite good. That's out in the autumn. There was a trailer for Fable, which was very, very funny. It's not made by the original people that made Fable. It's Playground Games who are making it. The main thing about this was the trailer has a digital version of Richard Ayoade in it, who is apparently playing a giant in this game. And it's set in the English fairy tale world of Albion. And yes, you can still drop kit chickens in the game. Other than that, and and it looks like you're playing as a sort of normal small character. Uh, Richard Ayoade is playing a giant atop of a bean stalk by the looks of things so don't know much more about it than that but uh, yeah there was a trailer for that which looked very very fun microsoft flight simulator 2024 it's interesting with flight simulator because they have got to the point where they've basically mapped in detail the entire planet for you to fly over so it's sort of what do you do now they've added in jobs so you can do aerial firefighting air ambulance helicopter cargo transport crop dusting mountain rescue skydive aviation vip charter services aerial construction industrial cargo transport, scientific research, airship tours, hot air balloon rides even, air racing, which has been in previous games, Top Gun-style low-altitude training. They have even, for Doom fans, put in the uh, Ornithorcopter, I think it's called, which allows you to fly over the Dune landscape, which is a a very cool-looking kind of vehicle. But uh, yeah, so jobs in Flight Simulator, which I think is quite an interesting addition to that and sort of expands that potentially out. There was also a couple of interesting bits of DLC which popped up as well. Sea of Thieves, which is the pirate game, have this thing called Tall Tales, which is their story-driven quests in there. 
And they've added one which takes you to Monkey Island and allows you to meet all the Monkey Island characters. So Guybrush, Elaine, LeChuck, even Murray, the demonic talking skull is in there. I've not really played Sea of Thieves, but this kind of makes me want to. So uh, I think that looks quite interesting. But uh, yes, there is an expansion, a free three-part expansion coming as part of their story, different quests, the tall tales for Sea of Thieves for that. And uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has an expansion called Phantom Liberty coming, which opens up a brand new district called Dogtown, which is one of the deadliest districts in Night City. You play as V, Cyberpunk for Hire, who is trying to rescue the president of the new United States who has crash landed in that particular area, helped by an NUSA sleeper agent called Solomon Reed, played by Idris Elba, and supported by Johnny Silverhand, played once again by Keanu Reeves, as you unravel a web of shattered loyalties and use your every skill to survive. That might actually get me to dive back into Cyberpunk 2077 because I haven't really played it since my initial playthrough and I know there's been a bunch of updates and things since then, so uh, I might go back for that. Before we get into the last game, anything out of that that's leaping out of you? Spider-Man 2, I watched the PlayStation presentation and it looked amazing. Yes. So yeah, that one leaps out. I mean, although to be fair, I have Spider-Man 1 because I got the GOTY edition relatively recently for how long it's been out but I just haven't had time to play it really it is a great game that and Spider-Man 2 adds in um, Venom as well and I think yeah. Miles is in that because they had the sort of 2.5 game which was uh, Miles as well that looks really really good I just don't have a PS5 at the moment so I'm sort of waiting for the PC version to come out one last game that was announced as part of the Xbox presentation not announced because it had already been announced but they gave a very very deep dive into the game Starfield from Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> did you see any of that presentation or have you seen I did. I, was watch, I watched a presentation on Twitch via someone's stream because obviously they're watching. Yeah. I saw a bit of it. It looks very interesting. It's insane, is this game. Bethesda, the people behind the Elder Scrolls games, Fallout, it's kind of that, but on steroids mixed with No Man's Sky. It's huge and just nuts. There's over a thousand planets to explore. Now, all of those aren't going to be necessarily fully populated. You know, some of them will be like moon rocks that you can go on and mine stuff. But a lot of those planets are procedurally generated. They're going to have random encounters on them. They're going to have fauna and flora on there. So there's going to be animals that you can go up to and kill or possibly train or whatever else. They're also going to be certain sort of random missions that pop up on some of those procedural planets as well. There is a fully crafted story mission that runs through the whole thing. So there are certain particular set planets which have these enormous cities that you can wander around. There are certain set locations that the main story of the game follows through. It's got these ridiculously customizable ships. So you start off with a base ship, but you can go and buy more of them, but you can also buy parts for them. So you can completely reconfigure them in all sorts of weird and wacky ways. So the chances are, if you want to build yourself a Firefly from Firefly, if you want to build yourself a Enterprise, you'll probably be able to find a way to do that. Certainly with modding on the PC, I think you'll definitely be able to find a way of doing that. You walk around in the ships, that is your home and how you mod it will alter how the inside is. So if you add more crew quarters, then you can have more crew on the ship. 
It's got planet-side base building built into the game as well, so you can set up outposts on various different locations, and you can set up miners and all that sort of stuff. There are a bunch of companions that you can travel with, and you can romance some of them. It's got Fallout-style customizable weapons, so you can play it in any way that you want. You can play stealth, you can go in and throw bombs everywhere. The character creation is the same sort of ridiculous over-the-top character creation you got in Skyrim and Fallout. It's got a really complex skill tree. You can add traits into the skill tree, which informs some of your backstory. So say you're a street rat from a particular town and you happen to come across somebody who is from a gang in that town or has some connection to that town, that will give you different options during the conversations. If you've got some sort of background in smuggling, then that might come up. There is even an option which is just genius. Did you ever play Oblivion? I did not, unfortunately. Oblivion, that was the game before Skyrim, had a character in it which was this annoying fan character who used to run up to you and follow you around and he was the bane of existence for people and they've brought that character back in a sort of different way in this game and you can have this annoying fan show up and be really really impressed with you and all this sort of stuff and he will bring you gifts but he is very very annoying there is a way to get rid of him because you do carry guns so uh, they have made it possible for you to get rid of that character as well apparently but it looks incredible it looks immense it's called Starfield it's out on the 7th of September if it lands as well as it looked in that demo you are not going to do anything else for the rest of September. It looks huge and something that you could wander around for months and months and months. I'm so looking forward to that game. It looks incredible. It's one of those things that you don't know until it comes out and how badly they screw up the launch because it's a triple A game and they're all screwing up launches at the mm-hmm. moment. But I have high hopes for that. It looks brilliant. Are RPGs your sort of thing? I don't know whether you... More JRPGs. So I'm sitting around waiting for that fan remake of Sweekerden to finally come out. <laughs> Which, well, it's always worse. That's more my speed. Starfield is definitely one I'm going to be playing. The base game of Starfield is part of the Xbox Game Pass as well, and you can get the Xbox Game Pass on PC. So it won't necessarily have all the added extras that you get with buying the copy yourself, but that is something that essentially comes as part of that subscription service. So there is a lot of good stuff coming onto the Xbox Game Pass because a lot of those games the Xbox releases are on that as well. So that's enough about gaming for the moment. Uh, Moving on to some film news... There was a little bit of news that dropped out last week about Superman Legacy and the people reportedly auditioning for the roles of Clark and Lois. Interesting selection. There's three of each. The first one for Clark Kent slash Superman is Nicholas Holt, who you will know from, well, the X-Men movies where he played Hank McCoy, Warm Bodies, The Favourite, Mad Max Fury Road, Renfield he was in recently, and The Great, which is the TV show he's in right now. 33 years old, good actor. There are stories floating around that he may not actually be going for the role of Clark. He may be going for the role of Lex, although it could be one of those situations where they're considering him for one or the other. We don't actually know, but that's the rumour at the moment is he may be going for Clark, he may be going for Lex. I could see that potentially working. The 
Second name is David Cornsweet, who you may know from The Politician, the Netflix series. He was also the lead in Hollywood, the Netflix series, both of those from Ryan Murphy. He was in We Own This City as well, which was that brilliant HBO drama from David Simon, the guy behind The Wire. Another really strong, talented actor. And the third one is Tom Brittany, who you might know from Outlander, uh, you might know from the TV show Unreal, but he probably best known for being one heart of the ecclesiastical crime fight duo in Grantchester. So he is apparently the other possibility as well. Those are the three people up for it. Do you know those three actors? I don't know all three of them. I do know, obviously, Nicholas Holt. I don't see him as Superman. Look at his limited success in films that would worry about that. I could see him as Lex. I think that would be a good choice. Yeah. Don't see him as Clark. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. David Currenswell, I could see very much in the role of Clark. I think he has the look for it, and I think he's got the acting ability for it. Tom Brittany, I'm not entirely convinced. I don't know him that well, but doesn't quite land for me. No, yeah. I don't think it doesn't really land for me. Just, just as a look. Over on Lois Lane's side, Emma McKay is one possibility who I think people will probably know from Sex Education. That's pretty much the biggest thing she's been in. Then you have Rachel Brosnahan from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, who is superb and would be absolutely brilliant as Lois. And the third one is Phoebe Deneva, who started out in Waterloo Road, actually, but he's probably best known for Bridgerton these days. Mm -hmm. Um, She plays Daphne Bridgerton. Yeah, Daphne Bridgerton. Those are the three choices there. I mean, Rachel gets my vote all day, every day, I think. I don't really know the others particularly well, but I think she is just a fantastic actress. And given the way Midge is written in that show, that sort of snappy, snarky character that she is in that, I can sort of see that translating over to Lois quite well, to a version of Lois anyway, certainly. I don't know how well you know these. Just Brosnahan really is one that I would recognise and I would tend to go with her. I can see it's sort of a little bit too lucky doing an extra job over the TV show and I can see... Yes. Similarities there. So I think she would be a good choice. But I haven't seen enough of Phoebe or Emma even to say whether or not they would be good choices. What's kind of interesting is if people were worried that these were going to be young, young people that they were going to end up casting in this, you know, when they announced that it was no longer going to be Henry Cavill and they were going to recast it with a younger actor, was what they said. Henry's 40, but I mean, you look at all these and. Well, all 30. Basically, yeah, they're all pretty much, yeah, 28 to 32, basically. So they're all around 30. So there's only really 10 years age difference between them and Henry Cavill. So he's not gone that much younger for them. I guess the expectation would be that they would probably be around for at least seven, eight years. Exactly. And that sort of makes sense, because if you're going to do that and you're building something, Superman in his 50s, as great as I'm sure Henry Cavill will look when he's 50, I can see why they maybe wanted to go slightly younger for it. But they're all good choices, I think. Certainly from the looks point of view, I don't know all their acting. Nicholas Holt, I think, be interesting to see who playing a sort of Lex Evil character. I think he could pull that off quite well. Maybe not a Superman. What's also quite interesting about this is there is a lot of people that have been 
involved in some form of period drama as well. You, you know, you've got people mm-hmm. from Bridgerton, you've got Mrs. Maisel was a period drama, 50s, 60s, but still period. Emma McKay has been in the movie Emily, which is about Emily Bronte. You've got uh, Tom Brittany, who Grantchester is period, and also he was in Outlander, which is another period thing. David Currensweat was in Hollywood, which is another period thing. Nicholas Holtz is in The Great, which is another period thing. And whilst I don't expect Superman to be a period piece, I do wonder whether they're going a little bit more into that sort of classic Hollywood era feel to it, more in the vein of that sort of version that we had in the original Christopher Reeves movies. I wonder if we're going back a bit more into that sort of thing rather than trying to be sort of overly modern, if that makes sense. I do wonder if there's a certain vibe he's going for, but I mean, it's. I just found it interesting that there is a lot of period actors in this. I think it's a look, and Superman definitely has that look. I think that's probably why you find people who have to look a certain way to like not be jarring in a period piece. Yeah. That classic sort of good looks, like 30s and 40s Hollywood star, Harry Grant's, yes. Spencer Tracy's, those sorts of people. Maybe these just that. Yeah, I did find that kind of interesting. I mean, we don't know when they're actually going to announce these. There have been rumours flying around about Superman casting for a while, but these didn't come yeah, I've been from... Hearing about, I've been hearing about Hulk for months. Yeah, I mean, these have come from a fairly reputable source. Yeah, I've seen multiple places that leave the rumours alone actually reporting about these, these ones, so yeah. I think it's fairly thing to be it will be one of these, or two of these people, to be fair. Yes. Making the final cut. We don't know when they're actually going to be announced, but we should also point out that San Diego Comic Con is only a slightly over a month away and they are supposed to be doing these auditions these are in-person auditions which is the sort of final audition process if they're doing these now then it may be so they can announce them at comic con maybe maybe not we don't know but that would be an obvious place to do it and they've got to cast somebody reasonably soon because the film's supposed to be out in July 2025 I mean I know that seems a while away but not when you're making movies it is not really (laughs) especially in the current well yes that's why when you can't up in the air so you don't really want to leave things to the last second yes because you don't know exactly when so yes I think it's an interesting group of people though I think whichever pairing they pick out of that group I think they're going to have a a decent Lois and Clark to work with one last little news story as well coming back to to TV, Doctor Who, we've got another companion returning, although interestingly, this companion sounds like he's potentially actually coming back longer term than just a cameo, which is what we've had previously. Bonnie Langford is returning as Melanie Bush, who first was on screen in 1986. She was a companion to the Sixth and Seventh Doctors, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy. She actually did return in a small cameo in Jodie Whittaker's final episode. But one of the interesting things about this is the fact that they are saying that it isn't just a one-off cameo guest spot like she pops up and that's it she is going to be back fighting alongside the doctor does sound like it's going to be over multiple episodes i mean she might not stay on fully long term but it's going to be alongside shooty gatwa for a period of time however long that is it may be for one story arc it may be for longer than that but i think this is an interesting one to bring back i like the fact that russell t davis seems to actually be embracing the past whereas i think chris chibnall did a bit of 
of kind of erasing in places that upset people. So there seems to be um, some some kind of course correcting going on, I think, here. But if you're not familiar with the character of Mel, she was last seen with Sylvester McCoy's doctor. She actually left him to travel with a rogue called Sabalon Glitz. It's in that episode where Doctor picked up Ace as his new companion. She did actually go back to the Doctor in other media in some of the audiobooks and comic books and actual books. She rejoined the Doctor and Ace for a little bit. And the bit where she pops up in the Jodie Whittaker episode is in The Power of the Doctor. And she's part of that companion support group, which we see on Earth. So... At some point in her zipping around the galaxy, she has ended up back on Earth. Don't know exactly what the history is going to be and how they're going to present it and whether they're going to present it or not. But uh, yeah, that's Bonnie Langford back. Uh, do remember her from the first time round. But yes, I, I'm kind of glad to have her back. I think it's it's nice to have some of the old companions and that connection back in. But yes, they have specifically said it's Shooty's season that she's popping up in. So not the David Tennant episodes, which we're getting later on this year. It will be the Shooty season, which is, uh, well, Shooty takes over in Christmas this year and then it will be next year for his full season. So that'll be that. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. So next week on TV, we have quite a lot of things, actually. Uh, Full Monty, the limited series, which is based on the movie that lands on the 14th of June on Disney+. Plus. We have Stage Season 3 landing on BBC One. So that's its free-to-air premiere. That is the 14th of June at 10.40. And uh, we'll, uh, presumably we're all on iPlayer as well. Great British Dig, as I mentioned last week. Season 4 of that lands on the 15th of June on More 4. If you like Time Team, that's definitely want to go and catch then we have black mirror returning for its sixth season that's on the 15th of june there's five episodes in that that looks like it's going to be good star trek strange new worlds as we were talking about earlier season two of that lands on the 15th of june and that's on paramount plus then over on lionsgate plus we have outlander season 7a landing on the 16th of june that's uh, split into two parts that season then on the bbc we have a new comedy called the queen of oz starring Catherine Tate. She lands on the 16th of June at 9pm on BBC One. That's about a, a wayward royal daughter who gets sent to be the Queen of Australia in a hope that it might teach her some sort of manners and, and stuff. And clearly it doesn't. Uh, but uh, that looks like it's quite fun. It's Catherine Tate, if you like Catherine Tate. So Queen of Oz, that's called. 16th of June on BBC One. Grand Tour Eurocrash. That's the latest Grand Tour special. That lands on the 16th of June on Prime Video. Then we've got Van der Valk back for its third season on ITV. That's on the 18th of June at 8pm. Righteous Genstones returns for its third season on Sky Comedy. That's on the 19th of June at 9pm and Dr. Death the miniseries with Joshua Jackson Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin that lands on the 20th of June on Channel 4 and that'll be online as well and that's at 10pm so you can catch that there so uh, a lot of good stuff this week definitely we're keeping an eye out for uh, well Strange New Worlds I advise you all to go and watch but uh, Black Mirror Great British Dig Stage is great as well if you haven't seen that yet go and check that out 
if people want to find more of you, where can they find you? You can find me over on hollywoodnorthnews.net and it's connected social media. So Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, oh, and Facebook. You can have a Facebook page. So you can go over and hit the like over there. Also, you can find me on my own Twitter page, which is almasikinis, which is A-L-M-A-S-Y-K-I-N-N-E-A-S. And we can talk good then. Yes. So go and check Daryl out at all those different places and at hollywoodnorthnews.net. For other people involved in the show, you can, of course, find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She is streaming weekly. I think she's streaming Diablo 4 at the moment, or certainly has uh, been. So uh, you, can, you can go and check out her stuff over on there. Always good fun to go and uh, watch and see Bex play through things and die repeatedly, which is usually what happens. Then, Matt, you can go and find on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts. I'm sure there will be a lot of Gaming Talk stuff around this week with Robert as well, so uh, go and check him out over there for more gaming news. For us, actually, for me, you can also catch me on BFBS Radio later on this week. Uh, I'm not sure which day it's going out, but if you check into the BFBS Radio breakfast show, you will hear me talking a little bit about TV and games and films on there. But regularly, if you want to go and find us you can find us on geektime.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektime.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown at youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on instagram at geektown uk and on tiktok at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye-bye. bye bye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.